What's good, good people? Vets, let's talk. We got some special guests in front of the formation today. Sergeant Major Michael Salazar and Sergeant Major Nate Marion. How you guys doing today, my brothers? Doing good, Don. Doing, doing well. good. That's good, doing man. Well. Y'all looking pretty young out there. What, like 30 and, and 28? Nate 28 and Mike 30? Yeah, 32. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I'll, take, I'll take that. That's, That's about right. And we're going to be talking about compliance versus commitment. You know, I like to kind of see it as the chicken and the pig. You know, the chicken, like during breakfast, what does it provide? The egg. You know, it, it, it's a process of what it does. It checks the block. You know, when you're working for somebody, you have to comply. They're going to do what you have to say, and they're going to check the blocks, and they're going to go their way. But commitment, like, the pig is sacrificed all. It gave everything, you know, sausage, bacon. It's, it's all about the commitment. But I'm gonna give some definitions here. Compliance, the action of fact or of being of complying with a wish or command. Being compliant means you act based on the leader's potential power. Commitment. Commitment, the state or quality of being dedicated to a cause. Being committed means you are willing to act for a higher purpose, sometimes greater than you. So to, to whoever, whichever wants to start first, what does that mean to you? Like in, in, in your opinions, your words, not going off of a question, but the reason we're here is to talk about compliance and commitment. Shoot. I mean, so uh, I believe that it's, to me, I use it as a time frame. So compliance is something, it's a short term. Uh, it's, I need this to happen. I need it to happen now. Um, and, and, and a police officer, you know, you use a compliant technique until they comply. Then you release the technique. Uh, you know, commitment is, is long term. It's, you know, I'm, 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 I'm with you. I'm a part of it. Um, I believe in it. And so uh, th there's there's times and places for both of them. Um, but I think, um, honestly, now that now that I'm on the retired side of everything, um, I can um, I can honestly say that I. The military, the military has a some leaders that would rather be very compliant and that's how they act. Um, on a daily basis, and that's what 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 hurts soldiers, and why they don't uh, commit themselves to the army uh, for longer terms. Nate, you want to? Yeah. So, you know, I was doing some research, and lo and behold, in our own doctrine, the Army ADP six twenty two, chapter five. Uh, honestly, it covers it using compliance and commitment. And I kind of laughed at it. So I'm like, well, I can't really complain anymore about the old leaders I had that just like, you know, driving and, you know, pushing to get things done um, without really the why or, you know, the why and what's this going to produce. So what I look at it is kind of like what Mike was saying, but to add more, a little bit more from my aspect, you know, compliance is, you know, it's not so much of bending the knee, if you will. It's just like, here's, what you have to do. I think Bill Belichick always said, like, do your job, nothing more, just do your job. Right. And then 
where that net ties into the commitment part is as you're doing that collectively or individually, individually, you're going to, if you go, it will shape into commitment because the leader's investing in you over time and all that stuff. And, you know, that's where your, your, your 10% come out of, right. You know, they're, they're, they're achieving all this because they become committed because you're invested in them, because you set the standards, because you set the baseline. And then, you know, the ones that will remain in the compliance phase, you know, they'll still do their job for the most part. They're just, you're just not going to get a lot more out of them. And that's just fine because the key thing is, is we all get on the baseline of, we're going to start from here doing our job. And out of that, you know, the commitment comes. And it just goes back to, I think, just leader involvement, you know, just helping that subordinate to achieve goals. I've, in my personal experience, that's where I've gotten the most commitment is, hey, oh, Miriam is, let me give time off to go to college or whatever. And I know you all have probably seen the same thing. The ones you kind of invest in, you see more of a commitment come out of versus the ones you try to invest in, they just shake you off. So... So would that be like more of an individual that's the ones that you invested in and, and that type of leadership is, is what inspirational? Would you see, would you see it as that? Cause like, um, go ahead. yeah, I guess like, uh, I don't know if I'm a big fan of Hal Moore, I don't, you know, general um, Hal Moore, who hopefully uh, his name will, will don the, the arches of a camp poster station here in the future, but um, he put that uh, he, in his book on leadership, um, he mentions inspiring people to work hard, to execute tasks willingly, to meet that challenge, a leader must be competent, um, exercise good judgment, and have in the baseline of all of it was character. You know, you can't have the first two without third, you know, the first two guys the third. But um, I just think at the end of the day, it's just, To get to, the, I think Mike said it, like you, you just don't get commitment from anybody. You, you just, it's that, I, I, I deeply believe in the, it's being a sergeant I showed them or a sergeant I told them. Sergeant I told them is more of the compliance. Sergeant I showed them is more of the commitment. Right. Being like that frontline leader. Okay. So I want to add on this uh, so much because I'm, I'm so passionate about this is, um, you know, when you when you have that uh, compliant leader, um, you know, what is it, it, you're not asking. We're not we're not asking for the why, you know, we're not or we're not going to explain the why it is. It is very time sensitive. It's going to be short lived. Um, but the commitment, you know, that's I think every organization, whether it be military or um, even civilian, we strive for somebody that wants to come to work every single day. And how do we do that? You know. Nate, Nate explains it well, you know, we provide, you know, solid, uh, solid leadership, um, a foundation where a leader is going to want to sit down with the soldiers um, or uh, the people that they work with and, and be in the trenches. Um, you know, you establish trust, you build the team, you, um, you empower, you know, you trust, you trust the people that you work with, you, you embellish, you give them a, uh, you know, this amazing reputation uh, for them to live up to. Um, so you build them up. You always give praise and take blame. You know, these little tiny things will will establish, will assist in establishing a committed organization, um, in which case, uh, you know, I always say that you 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 develop um, you develop your culture 
and then you double down on it immediately. Double down on that culture, and it's going to pay. For, it's going to pay it forward tenfold. I promise you. So, which one would you say leads from the front, and which one leads from the back? Because, like to me, compliant a compliant person will lead from the front with the micromanaging, and you, and you have to get this done in a timely manner, which is. A lot of time is an individual that you really don't want to work for. Like as far as like the committed individual, they will they are, are allowing the mistakes. Like Nate sat back and Sherry, you, you put more into an individual once you allow a person to make those mistakes and you correct it as such. Not coming down with like, you know, with the hand on them, but explaining things as it should be done. I think a person would be more motivated and more willing to work for an individual if it was pretty much led from the back and sometimes even from the middle because some people just, yeah, don't want to get right on a lot of things that's, that's taking place. Yeah. Mike and I, uh, I you know, I'll, I'll save, you know, keep names and stuff out, but Mike and I were in an organization uh, at one point and uh, I think Mike would agree. We we're in a very compliant uh, organization where, it, it was like driven, you're going to do this, do this, this. And a lot of it was, um, there was no why. Like, why are we doing this? And if you ask why, well, because I told you to. Well, and during that time, I saw for the first time, I think really, you know, because I'm a little bit older, more observant versus my younger days where I was just focused on, you know, me, because that's what we do. We, we go from me to I to we, you know, as we keep climbing up the, the military ladder. But um you know, that, that leader and their leadership style completely destroyed trust in an organization. And you can't build trust or you can't preserve commitment without trust. I, I firmly believe that. And, you know, they're, you know um, it was very much like to give it like a great perspective for the listeners. That, you know, Band of Brothers, you read the book of Band of Brothers or the, the books from Dick Winters when he talks about his experience. Um, on the flip side, in kind of similar situation, Captain Sobo was a very newly compliant. Like he, he drilled those guys, you know, and killed, you know, crushed them, you know, and just his leadership style, though, if you think, drove that team to be committed because they did not want to serve an alien organization. They suffered together and, and right there, and I share this with my soldiers all the time, my first arms when we talk, because we did PT re recently, we did Murph, and I just, it was, it was painful. And I told the team, like, if we suffer together, we build trust in each other, that we're there for each other. Whereas the organization, Mike and I, and I were in, that leader, by not by intention, but their style of leadership made us closer. Like, right. we, we all forged together to, like, support each other. But I think it really preserved somewhat of a good organization, though not through direct leadership or through direct leadership, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a, there was that common ground that everybody kind of just, you know, when you embrace the suck you know, everybody talks about that. Uh, and uh, they, the, the common ground was that just everybody hated that leader. You know, he was now granted, I had, a, I had a, funny. I had, a, I had a leader just like that. I had a company commander um, who exact he was, he was just that he was that kid. He was that captain. And um, and I ran into him later on down the road and I said, you were either the smartest man because we all absolutely hated you and we were a better organization for it, 
or you were the dumbest leader I've ever met on the face of the planet because you didn't know what you were doing. Um, and we couldn't answer me. I gave him the latter, you know, I, you know, I gave him the benefit of the doubt, but yeah, I mean, so, you, you know, like in, in a, for instance, in a training environment, you have to be a compliant leader at some, during the first phases of uh, initial entry training, you have to be that compliant individual because you're, you're seeking one, one goal, one response, you know, execute, respond. But as, as training evolves, you can start building the team. And so I think, you know, between Nate and I, we, we definitely believe that the, that drill sergeant during AIT should take their hat off and really start being that mentor in developing those soldiers to be, um, to trust the non-commissioned officer. And then they start understanding what a committed organization will look like. Because at the end of the day, you know, you hate your drill sergeant, um, but you also love your drill sergeant. You will never forget your drill sergeant, but you, you really firmly believe that you would do anything for that organization by the time that you leave. Whether it's, you know, false motivation or not, you still have that belief and you can do anything, you know, towards the end of AIT. So I think, you know, I, I think that the, the, the initial entry training and AIT are just a prime example of what a compliant leader looks like and then can develop into a committed leader um, towards the end of that, uh, you know, by gold phase should be that. Would you agree, Nate? Yeah, I think that's uh, that's I, I think that's the most the best analogy I could use because uh, even I don't I, I remember my drill sergeant I don't remember half the first sergeant sergeant major I had in my career and I, you know I tell this all the time like you know I remember when uh, Mike and I were at Fort Leonard Wood and I was like you know these kids won't remember me you know I'm not that important you know <laughs> I go around talk hand up coins you know see soldiers I was like even the drill sergeant you know and I remember I remember. <laughs> It was very humbling to show the commitment part. I remember being in a, a, a meet a room, you know, and with a bunch of trainees and the drill sergeant walked in, they call it ease. And I was like, man, man, that's commitment. I mean, just that, that aspect where it's kind of root where the seeds kind of planted for us as soldiers or whether you know it or not, that bond you build in that environment. I've never seen it since like you've seen units that are tough, but you know, are committed, but the training aspect at, at trade act level, is just unreal. Like the level. Like I've, I've had a um, first sergeant in AIT with, what, what um, Michael was talking about. They sit down. He did it once a week. Sometimes he, he did it twice. He sat down, took his hat off and he gave motivational speeches and, that showed me that at that time that the military was about more than just putting out direct orders. It was about building a certain type of character, which in the individuals up under you to get to better, get them to understand this is like your life. This isn't just a job. This is a commitment. Even though some people come, they go into the military one way a lot. Just, you know, looking for the paycheck, looking for some some type of power trip. But these are our kids, 17, 18, coming in the military. And it has to be nurtured because a lot of these kids really don't know what life actually has to offer. But that that first sergeant came in and he spoke to us as people, even though we, we you know, we followed the lines 
of the rank, but at the same time, he he took that hat off and he shared a lot of stories with us, and he motivated the hell out of us. Yeah, yeah. The uh, uh, it's kind of funny. It, it wasn't intentional, but I had a. I remember when I was in Tucson, Fort Lewis, and we had this huge tree out back of the battalion. And because then we used to do end of day formations. I know nobody does that anymore for some reason. I know General Beagle was trying to bring it back from his, I saw his, if you saw the memo he put out from 10th Mott Division, kind right. of limiting cell phones and stuff. But there's this big tree out back, uh, the 508th MP Battalion at Fort Lewis. And I just remember one day looking at that tree and I remember always talking, you know, oak tree counseling, which I grew up, I got a lot of those coming up because I was very, um, compliant growing up in the army probably initially and i used to go to that tree every friday and i bring the soldier and we just have a conversation like hey guys the great blah blah and anybody that probably served with me in that during that time will probably say like that had more meaning to it than anything i probably have done in my career seeing the impact of the of commitment that came out of those conversations kind of like tomorrow we're monday we're going to come in we're going to dominate training we're doing this and it it wasn't by design. It wasn't like, and trust me, I don't do anything perfect, but it was just luck, a very lucky thing, feeling that I had as a leader and implemented that paid huge dividends. And I, to your point, it was, it was taking the rank so much off. It was just, hey, like Nate, you know, soldier to soldier, let's talk, you know, about life. And I, that, the taking the hat off part for the drill sergeants, and Mike knows this. We went through this phase at Fort Leonard Wood when they stop all the shark attacks and stuff, and we're trying to change the culture of how we do things. Um, they they couldn't they, the drills aren't. It was hard for them to grasp. They're like, no, like, what do I do? I'm like, no, you're you're, you're doing nothing. You want to do in a line unit. It's the same thing, you know. So it is. You know, there is. Uh, I, and I think we're diving right into the the, the great thing about relationships, um, which I think is is important for every leader. Um, you know, General General Bolesky, he was uh, Colonel Bolesky back when he was uh, brigade commander uh, for 3rd Brigade uh, back in 1st Cav. And uh, he used to say, you know, you got to get personal with your personnel. Um, you know, back when when Nate Knight joined, uh, first joined the Army, we used to have these leaders books that were, you know, thick. And you had to, you know, you had to know every single thing about your, your soldier, right? And so, um, and I think it, I think at a portion of it was very valid because, you know, you you got to know each other and you couldn't help but get to know each other on a personal level, even though, you know, the army was like, you know, fraternization. You can't drink with your soldiers, you know, and I, and I, I firmly believe that you shouldn't. But um, to get personal with your personnel in order for you to build trust, you have to know each other, you know, in order to establish that relationship. Um, and the problem with some of the leaders that I see today, and I'm just, just for uh, shits and grins, do you guys know what the most popular word in the English language is? Or the most widely used word in the English language? Mm-mm. It's I. Oh. And so the problem with this is that, you know, some leaders focus so much on the I and the me and the my, and not the us and the we and, you know, an hour. And so, you know, if we, if we can, um, one, if we can do that and just fix our pronouns a little bit and start, you know, becoming a team. And then the second portion is, is Ronald Reagan, I believe, said it uh, at some point in time. And he said, like, you know, if if you didn't care who got the credit, you know, imagine the, 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 the strides that we would make. Um, he said something to that I'm paraphrasing. But, 
you know, everybody's worried about the I and the accolades for me and what's in it for me versus if you just set your pride aside or your feelings aside, you just took care of everybody else. You know, things would go so much better and you would get so much more out of it. Simon Sinek says, you know, being a leader is not about being in charge. It's about taking care of those in your charge, you know, and so it all leads into that relationships and trust. And it's just, you know, amazing things can happen when you do when you do that and you forget about the I. Yeah. I think that's that's a real true factor because I've kind of got chewed out a couple of times for helping my soldiers do details when they, hey you're just supposed to sit back and manage and and I you know I told the E7 like basically my NCO didn't teach me to sit back and just watch because he got his hands dirty along with us so there there was really there was there was us and everything that we had to do hey we get in here we have this detail get this detail done collectively and we can go home early sure. as as opposed to you had an individual just sit back, lively gag, and just throw pennies at the connex or whatever they want to do. Nate and, I, Nate and I would be out mowing lawns. We do it all the time. You think we're lying? Oh, we, used to, we used to argue over that, remember? Yeah. Wow. We'd be out there, out there mowing lawns at Sergeant Majors. Like, so who cares? Like, am I, as, a, as your rank, are you above doing some, doing some details? Hmm. Like, what, you know, you're not well, It's funny. It's funny. We, uh, in, the, in our organization here in Hawaii, uh, you know, I'm lucky. I get to be the brigade sergeant major, which I've learned is really not that important. I mean, it's more of I'm more of a I'm like I'm like a the strong, you know, the hitman for the mafia. Like, you know, the colonel being the don, he sends me out just the, you know, tactical hatch to everybody. But um, it's funny. So I, I get here, you know, I, I take over. I, I literally leave Fort Leonard Wood. I pass the colors. I fly to Hawaii. And 72 hours, I take the colors for the brigade. It was like, and, you know, you're trying to figure out your life and all that. And I, I just had this leader once always tell me, you know, presence, just be present. You'd be surprised. So um, I noticed at the, I go to Moorpool, like I, I went maybe once down on Moorpool Mondays, you know, that's where everybody should be. And nope, not a lot of people were there. So I, I talked to the first time, I'm like, hey, what's the deal? And he's like, sorry, major, you know, people just don't come up. So I started showing up and I didn't say nothing. About two weeks later, I was telling my wife about this. All of a sudden, everybody's at the motor pool. And why are they at the motor pool? Because that's where I'm at. And they're like, hey, I see you some. And I'm under the truck with, with my driver and the colonel's driver doing maintenance and stuff. And I kind of laugh. And I tell the first time, I'm like, well, I guess I'll be here every Monday because it's helping you out. You know, and he's like, sorry, Major, it really does. And you didn't have to say nothing. Like, you didn't have to yell at anybody or say, they're just like, oh, crap. And same with PT or anywhere else. And where my two feet are, and I stole this from somewhere, but, you know, where my two feet are is the priority of the brigade, the brigade commander, every soldier, that's where, my, you know, where I'm supposed to be at, right? But it's funny, just by doing, going back to sergeant, I showed him versus sergeant, I told him, just being there and doing it, you don't have to really say anything. They'll, fu- they'll catch on. Cutting grass, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that. Sergeant Major cutting grass. I do it all the yeah, time. Yeah, I tried to. Yep. It's so relaxing. You just put your head, you know, put your ear pro on and just go and people just stare at you like you're crazy. Yeah. I got, I got told so many times to get off the lawnmower. Like, sorry, mate, you're not supposed to be doing that. Why? Yeah. Why, why am I not supposed to be doing it? Well, because you got soldiers to do that. Am I not a soldier? You know, 
the, yeah. the, the name on the left is so much more important than the name on the right. Last time I checked, right? Wow. You know? Yeah. So I don't know. Just just my thoughts. That's real big. Hey, hey, thank you guys for your leadership. Thank you guys. Like really. That that you guys saying that y'all as sergeant majors cutting grass. I'm like, wow. <laughs> Usually they tell the people to get out the lawnmower and cut the grass or digging in some NCO's tail, but you guys were actually cutting grass. So, like, what do you think that a leader, you know, being military or civilian, because the ultimate goal is to foster a committed type person, what do you think a person can do to foster commitment in an individual? Compliance will always be there. It, it has to be there because if it's not, you know, you get what they call a boot. But what what are some things that you think you can do to foster that commitment in the person? So, so you know, I think go ahead, Mike. Yeah, so I think I mean we've been kind of hinting around the, the the subject the whole you know the whole time. Nate talks about being present, and um, and, and I I fully I fully believe in that. Um, I think there's there's so many so many different things that you can do in order to um, create that committed organization. Um, and, you know, the army talks about powers and they talk about like positional power and personal power, you know, positional power is that compliant. It's do as I say, because of the position that I'm in the rank that I hold, you know, but then the personal power. And so if one, it, it starts with the individual, the leader, and also the soldier, that's the other portion. We haven't even gotten into that, you know, um, but, um, the leader has to accept the fact that he or she is not is not the most important person in the organization. You know, there is no more important person than than, than the other. You know, and so uh, understanding that your role as a leader is, um, you know, you might be the one that is giving the orders, but you are the one that's facilitating the culture. You're the one that's providing um, the, the platform for the organization. And if you're creating a, a, a platform or you're trying to create a foundation based off of compliance, then you're never going to get committed. You know, it's, it's just not going to happen. You know, there's a, there's a book that was written back in the 1950s. I think it was like 156 by a guy named uh, Andrew uh, Carnegie. And it's called how to win friends and influence people. And there's some things on there that just, blew my mind about like leadership, you know, and this is back in the 1950s. And I'm going to read a couple of things uh, from this. Um, and so it talks about um, begin with praise and honest appreciation. Um, call attention to people's mistakes indirectly. So often we will choose somebody out in, in front of everybody. You know, what is that going to do to the organization? Nobody's going to want to perform because they're going to be in fear that they're going to be embarrassed in front of everybody. Yeah. Um, talk about your, so as a leader, do you talk about your own mistakes before you call somebody else out? You know, how often, how many times that, you know, as a leader, I haven't made a mistake since 1983, you know, that leaders are perfect. The minute that you pin on those stripes, it's all of a sudden you can never make a mistake again. You know, um, there's, there's so many things, uh, you know, that you can do to provide that platform and that foundation to get that committed organization. But you have to, it starts with the leader. Right. The leader has to be right. And, and that starts from the get-go. It starts from, it starts with Nate and down to the battalion sergeants major and the first sergeants and all the way down. And if they're not trained properly and they're not, 
they're not committed to the organization, then there is no way that they can create one um, below them. Yeah. Um, the only thing, you know, one thing, you know, I know um, I've never, I cannot say I've never, I don't have anything, I, you know, perfect, you know, I see, I see a lot of, um, I know Mike knows I despise this, but like, you know, the, the leaders that go on Facebook and talk about the, you know, you got to be this, this, or this. And I've always refrained from that. You know, that's why you don't see me on this type of medium. I've only done like two, I think this is my second one, but it's just because like I'm vulnerable too. Like I'm not going to do everything perfect. And I don't ever want to come across as, oh, oh, Miriam said this, this, but because I'm, I'm very cognizant of, I can have a bad day. And if I walk around, oh, like, look at me, I do everything. That one bad day, I, I'm going to erode so much trust or, you know, commitment from my team. Um, so I'm vulnerable. You know, I make myself vulnerable. You know, I go out there, um, you know, going back to doing PT with the soldiers. I'm lucky. We have great leaders at our formation where I don't have to, you know, get down the weeds with them. But the one thing that I'll share, and it's kind of guided me, probably since I was a master, I had a mentor give me this book called The Way of the Shepherd. And Mike probably knows this. I always, I always talk about this as the NCO guide. It's the only two books I go off of. But The Way of the Shepherd, you know, it talks about how the, her, the, the, the shepherd gains the trust of the flock. And it's really a couple of things. One, it's he ensures they graze in safe pastures, right? He ensures that their, their health, welfare, um, you know, make sure they're healthy. And three, he, he's, his presence, even on bad days, in the bad weather, um, in the hot days, in the cold, the leader's presence with the flock generally gets them to follow. And it's because of those simple things, you know, providing safety, um, health and welfare, and presence, you know, being engaged. And it's kind of funny and when I read this and I was trying to figure my life out and be better, bestly I could, I was like, that's basically what an army sergeant does. You know, what you pin on the stripes, those three things are really what you're supposed to do besides the training part, add in the training part for, you know, whatever mission. But um, the way the shepherd though um, is, is such a great book for young. It's very thin and small, um, but it's such a great book to give to young soldiers to kind of like start building their minds and repetitions uh, to understand, to get in line with how we as soldiers um, use compliance and uh, use these things like the be no do and um, you know professionalism, presence, all these other things that really gener- that I think set the set the conditions for the commitment phase. But like as Mike, I think Mike said it earlier. But the one thing I keep noticing when I read all these articles on confidence, equipment, whether in the civilian world, the military world, was time. You, you need time, you know. And you know, you and I, all three of us know, we've been in units where you really see it start if you put in the work near the end and you set the conditions for the next guy or gal. And it's really, that that's a huge factor. It's just the time you put in time. Yeah. That's that time is big. I think fostering certain things as far as having a vision for the organization will do a lot for the person. You know, it's, it's like a process. Like you come in thinking a certain type of way and you really don't know what's going on. You looking at an individual like you know sometimes like the introduction 
to the military can leave a bad taste in your mouth or can or the introduction to the military can leave an outstanding taste in your mouth like this is an individual that i would like to follow and be like like that first sergeant i was talking about he had a vision for the organization not only for the organization he had a vision for himself and i think that's that's real big like like what do you see yourself doing like creating a routine i think a lot of that has a lot to do with that commitment part that routine that like dedicating yourself to, to, to some things it's like the vulnerability you said that creates trust within the people up, up under you but that routine brings upon brings about dedication because some sometimes you may not feel like saying a thing to, to your soldiers you may feel bad you just like you say like man i don't want to deal with this like like repetition constantly re, like repeating doing things that you really don't want to do and that's part of the, the compliance part be fearless don't be afraid to make mistakes because you're going to make them your soldiers are going to make them you like and these these mistakes that you make and you see your soldiers make you've already made them just explain to them it's okay and we can fix it absolutely so you know we talk about uh you know like accountability is the strongest form of love and so um if if one if you can't if you can't be honest and open with your with your organization you have to be able to say hey look you know i want i'm going to be held accountable for my actions and i'm going to hold you accountable for yours as long as we can we can understand each other and come to that common understanding it's you know it's it's okay but you know too often you know when i i feel bad for leaders some leaders in the organ you know in in the army because to be honest it's a no-fail organization you know, if you mess up as a as a senior leader, you know, that's thank you for your career. Here's, you know, thank you for your service. Um, if it's egregious enough, but, we, you know, we're we're in such a no fail organization where a counseling statement or, you know, something. A Gomar is a career render, you know, a uh, an accusation is a career render. And so, you know, too often and I've talked to plenty of leaders that. You know, they they have the, the strongest of intentions to go out and, and do good um, for the organization. But, you know, we have we have soldiers that are just out to destroy a leader and we have leaders that are out to destroy soldiers. And, you know, that that toxic environment, there's no you know, there's no there's no place for it. And so um, I, I guess it's just, you know, if you can if you can start that foundation, if you can start that organization off on the right foot and you continue to build and you have leaders, you know, Nate's got great, great leaders in his organization at the organization I was at, I had great people um, and understanding the other part is because I'm not important, you know, I never really was, but I don't, you know, I'm not the end all be all and Nate isn't the end all be all. We're not really important. We have to give that, that torch to those team leaders and those squad leaders, you know, let them, develop those soldiers we're not we don't do it anymore we develop we develop you know junior sergeants major we develop uh first sergeants you know we go two down and so those are the people that we're developing now um we're not we're not down in the trenches as much as we want to be even though we would do it every single day we still have responsibilities up that require us to be there but i don't know it starts with the foundation man you got anything to add to that nate um I think kind of what you're, I think 
when you talk about the the one you know, Mike talked about foundation and you know I, I just this when we're trying to I'm trying to figure out you know the, what to bring to this conversation with a compliance commitment you know I know I, I harp on time and presence all these things but you know it, one key word I saw in the definition whether you go on a you know leader economic site or ADP six twenty two you know, compli- compliance, they said base, it's based on like positional power. You know, you will do this, you know, left and right limits, the basic rules and standards for any organization, whether you're the military or you work for a Fortune 500, you know, left and right limits, what you can and can't do. Um, and then, but the key word, you know, the willingness, being willing, you know, willing and able or unwilling and able, you know, and I found like, great, you know, one thing I wanted to bring uh, when I came here was to win. I wanted to win everything. Because uh, Hal Moore always said, we're in a profession, we don't do second place. Like how what Mike was saying, you know, we, we train to fight and win our nation's wars. And, you know, Hal Moore had this thing and I just thought it was so appropriate. And I, I saw this in a, a, one of the first art uh, unit areas, the first art was showing me like this gym they just put in, like they raised their own money. It was great, you know, and it's going to pay off huge dividends because the soldiers see it, that unit's investing in them. But I looked, I, they had all these trophies displayed in their coffin, they call it. And uh, I was like, are those all first place trophies? And the first time was like, no, see, son, they're, they're just trophies. I was like, so, and I told him a story of how more, how more always loved taking over bad units. Like, give me the worst unit because we can only go up. And he, he said, you can only make it better. You know, you can't get much worse. And the first thing he would always do in every unit, he would get play, rid of all second place trophies. He's like, we only get first. If we don't get first, I don't want to see the damn thing. And I always remember that. And, you know, everywhere I've been, I, you know, I started, you know, as a battalion CSM, you know, we're going to win, you know, and here when we got here, my brigade commander was like, CSM, I want to win. And it's funny because to give an example winning, you know, we have the best soldier and best NCO soldier of the year for the, the eighth theater statement command. Um, we had 16 out of one battalion earn their ESV, which is the largest, I think, of any MP battalion in the Army. I know 795 is trying to take some credit, but I know Mike Moore's put 11. We got 16. Sergeant Rutherford and his team got 16. But the, the whole point of all this is, again, you know, that winning culture and why we win or why we achieve anything goes back to the commitment part. And I think the most important thing with that is, is just you set the conditions you just set in those conditions and just being present and i'll the last thing i'll say is this um we had a situation here we have all these mps on the gates right they work the gates at any camp post the station and we had this huge issue with gate runners and uh, the colonel calls me one day it's a saturday i'm getting up you know getting ready to go to gym he's like csm i need you to go down the gates find what's going on so i went down there i ended up working a whole shift with soldiers what's funny is is during that shift, the SOG showed up, checked on the soldiers, see if they want food, commander, all these people were coming out. And I looked and I was like, this is not my app. He's like, no, see, son, they know you're out here. And I was like, that's weird. You know, so, you know, I sneak out these gates and all that. It, you know, it just kind of, I don't know where I was going with, but the biggest thing was just the presence being out there. Like it started getting people's attention. Hmm. And from now on, the biggest thing was, do they look right at the gates? And that's where I was going with it. You know, my biggest thing is when somebody comes on Schofield Barracks, does the MP look the standard? You know, and 
only had to, only had to bring it up twice, and now they're looking good. I guess the point of all this was is I'm getting commitment one because of presence, and two because I set the standard. Okay, I see. Well, is is there anything else like motivational? It doesn't have to be on the leadership portion that you'd like to share with the people before I close it out, Mike or Nate. Um, go ahead, Nate. I, I would just say, you know, I know this is kind of like a, you know, the compliance plan, it's like a long, it could go any way, just depending on the individual. But um, I just like to, to say, you know, the one thing I, I've learned over the years is just be humble and thankful. You know, we're so blessed to be where we're at, you know, and, and also the, the humble part comes in is, you know, I just remind myself every day, you know, um, I had a conversation with a leader once and they were kind of pushing back on some stuff, kind of making decisions that I'm supposed to be making. I, I opened up my window and I looked out and I said, hey, come here, look at that. And he, I was like, you see that? My name's on the sign. So that means I'm in charge, right? And I said, but just remember, tomorrow I could have a bad day or keel over at PT and they will replace the name on the sign. That's how important I'm not. Um, so at the end of the day, you know, if I could share anything with people, it's just be thankful for what we're doing, where you're at, whether you're in the civilian world or the military, be thankful. Um, that we're be a part of this profession, that we're in this, you know, we get to live in the United States of America. And, um, you know, we get to have the ability to serve and, you know, do stuff like this, because anywhere else, you know, we may not be able to do this. And I appreciate your time. And uh, at the end of the day, Rita, if you're looking for some leadership advice, read The the Way of the Shepherd. Good, good reference. The Way of the Shepherd. So I would... Uh... One, you know, I, I, Nate, Nate and I are really good friends and I love the guy to death. And uh, we, he and I have great conversations. Um, back at Fort Leonardwood, I would just come down and go to his office and we would just sit back, close the door, and just have great conversations for like, you know, an hour or so. Uh, or one, I miss, I'm, well, a couple of times, but it's all right. You know, I miss, uh, I miss those days, but I will say this. Uh, you know, we have the, the, the greatest job in the world was, was, was one, uh, obviously protecting our nation, but, but two is, is raising America's sons and daughters and having the opportunity to, to lead um, is the greatest and in, in the greatest institution that this world has ever seen is the United States Army. Hands down, I don't care uh, what service we're talking about. United States Army uh, non-commissioned officer is the best thing this world has ever, ever, ever seen. And so, uh, like Nate said, is to be humble that we have the opportunity to do that. The second thing is, is as the higher that you get is understanding that the team that you have built, the things that they will do for you each and every day is nothing short of amazing. And to sit back and watch that um, happen without interjecting, without saying, you know, I want you to do it this way. You know, just let them empower them to just be great and enjoy the show because, you know, they're, they, they have learned from you. They are teaching others. Um, and too often we're so worried about leaving a legacy. Um, I don't care about a legacy. What you need to do is just the army is the legacy. The army will always be the legacy. And so, um, you know, trust, empower, and enjoy the show. And, and it will pay you back in tenfold. Um, and, it, and the last thing that I will say is as a human, just as a human, every single day you should go out and do something good that you normally wouldn't do. 
be good to others, be honest and good to others. And you don't do it for the reward. You do it because it's just the right thing to do. That internal feeling for doing something good is nothing. I just, you know, you can't, it's irreplaceable. So be good. That's what I would say. Thank you. Thank you guys for that. I got a quote from Peter. I know I'm a messed his last name of Peter Saget. <laughs> yeah, there is a world of difference between compliance and commitment. The committed person brings energy, passion, and excitement that cannot be generated by someone who is only complacent, even genuinely complacent. The committed person doesn't play by the rules of the game. He is responsible for the game. If the rules of the game stand in the way of achieving the vision, he will find ways to change the rules. A group of people truly committed to a common vision is an awesome force. And that's the army. Hey, I stand by that. Like that. <laughs> hey, I, 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 I thank you guys, man. I appreciate, I really appreciate you guys for sharing a lot of things knowledge wise, because you guys been, in a position you guys been in the army probably more than 15 20 years you know i know double m just just retired that's what i call him motivational michael <laughs> and we got inspirational nate on here so we're gonna just run with that so i thank you guys for jumping on here and sharing things you know the ultimate goal as far as like retiring or just ets and you know military personnel any type of military personnel going into a workforce force has got to be, to me, the best leadership that you can come across. I can't say all now. Now, I can't say all, but these guys can give a lot of input and training as opposed to how things should be ran because they look at in different areas as far as logistics because it's, it's, it's not just one position they look at. So, I, like, you companies out there, just, just pay attention. We got these leaders out here. Hey, Vest, let's talk. Who's up next for formation? I'm looking to talk to some people. Hey, talk to you guys later.